Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Podcast, where we coach you in the Word. We're so glad to have you from around the world studying the Word of God with us. We appreciate you being faithful to uh, listen and hopefully um, look into the Word of God with a new eye and a new mindset and uh, be blessed by your study of the Word of God. And so... Today we're going to begin session six of operating in the God kind of faith. We're going to go to Matthew for our beginning verse today, and um, we are going to uh, look into the scripture, but um, in the meantime, we want to welcome again, and we want to remind you of our book, uh, which is um, I Surrender by Mike Springston. And um, uh, we want you to get that either through Amazon or at your bookstore. We want to remind you that you can contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. We would love to hear from you. A word of encouragement, a question, a follow-up to what something that you've heard, or maybe God's laying us on your heart for some involvement in your ministry. At any rate, we would love to be a part of uh, that conversation. Well, let's have a word of prayer, and then we will look into Matthew chapter 6 and verse 34, where we will kick off session 6 of operating in the God kind of faith. Father, open our eyes that we can see, our ears that we can hear, and our heart that we can understand what the Word of God is saying to us, and then... May we apply it to our lives so that we can be chained into the image of your dear Son. Now, Jesus, speak to us. Out of the Godhead, reveal to the Holy Spirit what we must know, understand, do, and demonstrate. We will receive it from the Holy Spirit and release it to your people, and subsequently your people will be blessed. We ask it all in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our High Priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. Take no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for it, the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So how do we come to the place where our focus is transformed from the things that we see and that we feel are requirements in the natural to come to the place where we have no concern for the temporal things? I'm going to do my best to express that to you. First of all, as we shared at the end of our last podcast, our focus is placed upon the things that Jesus has prescribed for us in the world of the Spirit. Such things as the plan of redemption and how the success of that plan impacts our spiritual life. Or the plan of salvation with its six parts and how that relates to our needs both in the physical and in the spiritual. Of course, the focus of our faith, as we have stated, is directly related to the works that Jesus Christ has accomplished that allows the author and finisher of faith, and of our faith in particular, to manifest himself to us through the faith of which he has authored and finished. We're aware of the impact of faith as it relates to the cleansing blood that was shed for our sin at the cross. We're aware that his death served to be the legal means for uh, that was 
the, the, the operation of the perfect sacrifice. We're aware that his work in the tomb buried the flesh and the nature of that flesh which was attached to sin. We're also aware that his spirit was left unreleased by the preservation of his skeletal system. Being preserved in spirit, he was prepared to enter the kingdom of darkness with a spirit that when uh, could be made alive by the voice and the power of the Holy Spirit. These actions are of extreme importance to the life of every believer. But it was not until he was delivered from the captivity and the bondage of the region of the damned that grace would be made available for release into the lives of those who would be led by the Holy Spirit to know Jesus. Of course, we're aware that from this moment on, with grace at the ready, Jesus began to do things that would impact the believer throughout their walk and even into eternity. First, he went to present the blood in the tabernacle, and that tabernacle being the place that was made without hands, and there he offered the blood for the believer. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 for it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons into glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. The suffering that perfected his work is now over. He's accomplished the first three works that were required to bring man into position. Now he must begin to execute the works that would make faith and grace work in unison. Verse 11 of Hebrews chapter 2. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. He sanctified and made us by the force of his suffering to be one with him. This position of oneness made us by the force of his suffering and by the deliverance out of the region of the damned, him being sanctified to be able to sanctify us and call us brethren. So with the spreading of blood upon the vessels of ministry, we were elevated into a position of being priests. Our role would be to exercise the work of the priesthood in coordination with him. So he is grace, and he is the author of faith. We as priests would have access to him that would be available in our role of ministry. So when he sprinkled the blood on the lampstand and included us in the priesthood, grace and faith became our second nature. In the lampstand, the entire plan of God is uncovered for us. Let's look at it. In the base, we see the holiness of God. In the neck, we see the righteousness of God. Upon the seven candle holders, we see the almond shape, and it tells us that he will work his word and do it speedily. The candle holders represent the seven spirits of God that indwell Jesus and that are around the throne. In the candle holder, we see the oil, and the oil represents the labors of men who will be operating to keep the church, and the anointing flowing. 
In the light we see Christ as the light of the world. In the fire we see the Holy Spirit. Working down the lampstand from the top, we see seven more important messages concerning the plan of God that was apparent to the priest. All of these impact and influence our faith, and it impacts and influence what our faith has its foundation upon. Working down, we see the Spirit drawing men. We see whom he is drawing them to, and it is Christ. We see the anointing of Christ in the oil. We see him as the word operating in and among mankind. We see the step seven spirits of God developing the message that would go to those who were poor in spirit, bruised, broken, blind, and those in bondage. We see the redemption appear in the shaft, and of course we see man made righteousness. The lampstand holds the information concerning how the message was developed and how it would be disseminated to the world. The priest, operating by the light of grace, would use the faith of the one who is the central focus of the plan of God to bring the plan of pass to pass. So as that man, operating in grace by faith, was used of the Holy Spirit to draw men to Christ, to see the anointing, to see that the word of God was operating among mankind, to be directed by the seven spirits of God to express the message of the gospel, to bring about the redemption that is in the shaft as a free gift to all mankind, and then bring them to righteousness. That's an activity of faith. Here is an area of knowledge that must be acted upon by grace through faith as these gifts that are used to do spiritual works. Now when we relegate faith to things that are temporal, we have used faith in a fraudulent manner. When we relegate faith for the purpose of fulfilling our personal desires, we use faith fraudulently because faith was offered to be used for spiritual desires and first and foremost to be used by the priest who is after the order of Melchizedek and brought into brotherhood by Jesus Christ in such a way to expose the plan of God that was identified in the lampstand. Now, these things were offered for the priest to be a ministry, of course, after the order of the high priest. We, however, took faith and eliminated the priestly intentions of Jesus Christ. As we did, we became uninformed users of a means to engage in the supernatural. Is it possible that some of the things that we have amassed because of that engagement, because of using the style of faith that comes from the Western model, is not of God at all? Let's move forward in the tabernacle and see what are the works of the priesthood. We are to use our faith to become a blessing to the people. Now remember, grace has been exposed in the lampstand. Grace has been listed from the bottom to the top and the top to the bottom concerning God's plan for mankind. The priest was to operate in faith with those graces 
and be able to continue to do and to teach the things that Jesus began to do and to teach. Now look at the table of showbread. Here we see the body and the blood that's placed on the cross, which is represented by the acacia wood. As we know, the acacia wood was a wood that seemed to be able to last and last. And the message is that the work that was accomplished at the cross and beyond is a work that will last for eternity. What's the meaning of this particular place? And the furniture that adorns this space of the tabernacle for you and I who are to, you, who are to use grace through faith from the priesthood to spread the gospel of the message that we found in the lampstand. Well, what was done on the cross has no expiration date. It's as good today as it ever was. It's as powerful today as it ever was. It's as real today as it ever was. It's as complete today as it ever was. It holds as great and grand an influence today as it ever did. One can come to belief in the one who died upon the cross at any moment and be saved as if he had been saved all of his life. Sins forgotten from as far as the east is from the west. Cleansed, free from sin. Secondly, the blood is the agent for washing away the sin that stains the life of every person who locates the power that is in the blood. This blood will cleanse the believer and make him or her meet the standard of righteousness that is Christ Jesus. From this blood flows the seven blood blessings that transform man into the image of the Son of God. Now the body represents the bread. As we listen to this, I want you to recognize the blood washes away every stain of the person who locates it, cleanses the believer, but without the body growing, nurturing, and developing the character of Jesus Christ. The blood standing alone without that body development is not accomplishing the thing that Jesus has spread blood upon the uh, blood, drunk the blood of the body, uh, the blood and eaten the body is projected to accomplish. Why? Look at the lampstand. The lampstand takes the one who believes in the message of Jesus Christ, runs it all the way down from the, the, the drawing, coming to Christ, living in the anointing, understanding the word of God, operating the message through the seven spirits of God, working the plan of redemption as your message and coming into righteousness. All of that shows what both the blood and the body will do. There is a development in this thing, my friend. You must develop in Christ. That's what the body, uh, the bread that is on the table of showbread is representing. You cannot come to Christ and accept the blood and stay as you are. You cannot remain in sin. You cannot live a life that is accompanying the master of sin of the evil empire and say that you have come through the body and the blood. You might have come through the blood, but you did not partake of the body. You did not nourish the work the blood has done in you. Therefore, no development has led you back to the place of the man who was cleaned and circled around a while and went home and found his house garnered and cleaned. 
but then returned to his old way and took on himself seven more devils than he had before. His end state was worse than the first. So when the blood and the body are on the table of showbread, coming off of the cross, what we are seeing here, the blood will cleanse, but the body will nurture. The bread will nurture. The bread will cause you to grow. It will cause you develop, to develop. It will cause you to come into a deeper knowledge of Jesus Christ. In Christ, man becomes a part of his body. He is joined to him through eating of that bread. We become members of his body and find our specific calling within his body. This body is known, of course, to us as the church. Of course, he is the head of the church. The church becomes his body. So at the table of showbread, we see how we were brought into him and we see what we are part of because of him. We also see that we have a purpose in him. So as we grow and develop and we become an active part of the body of Christ, we become fitly joined together. What does that mean? That means that the, we are no longer trying to put the square peg in a round hole of living in sin and trying to be in the church. No, no. We are fitly joined into the body of Christ. You cannot take uh, an old wineskin and put in new wine. Why? It'll burst the old wineskin. It won't work. You cannot take a life that says he is a Christian and is believed to be washed by the blood and fit him into the church of, uh, of the living God and allow him to live in sin and not be a dysfunctional member of the body of Christ. Cannot happen. Will not happen. You have to be fitly joined together. The blood and the bread, the blood and the body are the means whereby man becomes fitly joined together to work and operate in the body of Christ. Not to be someone who is dysfunctional in and out and doing sin and trying to be in. No, you are not fitly joined. That's what the operation at the table of showbread is showing you. Now as a priest, our faith should be placed in the grace of the blood and the body so that we can continue the message that Jesus began to do and to teach. All too frequently what we've done with our faith is we've made it a man-made faith and we've tried to justify the unfitly, unfunctional members of our body and tell them that Jesus loves them so much that they can be a part even though they are unfunctional, dysfunctional, unfit, and not living according to the development of the word of God, to the fitly joining in the body. Now I want you to understand this. Every man is going to be structured in the scripture to work out his own salvation with fear and trembling. But no man will be fit to the body of Christ unless he comes through the blood and the body and develops that body until he becomes functional in the body of the church, until he becomes functional because he has come into the image of his dear son. 
Our faith must now be firmly placed in him and in his work. For this reason, Paul states in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Now watch. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Do you see the functional part of the nurturing of the bread that has become the body of Christ? He lives in you. Now watch what Paul said in the life which I now live. In the flesh, my body has an external element that interacts with the natural. But Paul said that body that I live in, in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Well, what caused that dimension to occur in Paul? The same thing that causes that dimension to occur in you. The blood and the body that builds the nature, the character, the image of Christ in you. Now, your faith that was, is, can be natural in nature and can look at things and apply your want system to it. Now, watch my language here. Apply your want system and apply your desire system. All turns now to an internal faith of the Son of God, where the message of the Son of God is the central theme and the central focus of what your faith is founded upon. That's what Paul is saying here. He's saying, I'm looking out of fleshly eyes, but my faith or my want system and my desire system and my needs, what I perceive as my needs, are not the focus and operation of my faith. Why? Because I know that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Now what have we seen as we see the first two uh, places of ministry, furnitures of ministry in the tabernacle? We see the plan of God. We see that he's bringing us through redemption into righteousness. We see that in us is growing a faith. We've been brought, washed by the blood, and a faith is growing within us. Why? Because he loved me and gave himself for me. Now then, my natural man subsides. Paul said in uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 that he's not operating from the death side. He's operating from the life side. He's not purposing in himself from the death side. He's purposing in himself from the life side. So when he says all of the promises are yea and amen in Christ Jesus, by God in Christ Jesus, what he's saying to you is, is that the promises of God are all wrapped up in Jesus. They are all in the message of which Jesus began to do and to teach. If we look with the eye that stands before the table of showbread, we can see Paul as he peers upon the table and he says, I died with him on the tree. The blood revived me and cleansed me and so I live. I ate of his body and my flesh has been transformed. 
My soul now operates in a faith that is not my own. It is the faith of the author and the finisher. He is the one of whom my faith is stayed. I have become by the blood and the body to be in his image. I understand how it happened. It happened because he loved me and gave himself for me. What I want you to see is that the calling to use faith exceeds your personal wants and needs because the natural man using wants and needs and calling it faith is operating in the purpose of death. But the inner man who is operating out of the faith of Jesus Christ, he is the one who is operating in the image of the one who loved him and gave himself for him. It goes into a spiritual realm where faith is the supplier of the thing the spirit man requires. The blood and the building of the body are the central focus of the faith of the Son of God. If he operates there with your faith, you will do well and you will prosper in the things of the spirit. So we're locating spiritual things for which to focus our faith that is and was the plan for the use of faith. Let's look at the altar of incense for here. We're going to see something that is going to absolutely amaze you. When we come to the station in the holy place where we see the mixture of the blood and the coals from the brazen altar, of course the brazen altar was where the sacrifice was first completed. Now we stand before this altar of incense where the mixture occurs. What is the mixture expressing? It is the sacrifice and the blood of what has been sacrificed that has saturated the coals from the brazen altar. As the fire burned, a smoke went up. A smoke of the saturation of all of those things that have been laid down and sacrificed. Remember Paul said, for I've been crucified with Christ. And from that, Jesus mingled his own blood and the smoke went up. Now watch this, because we have come as a sacrifice upon that altar, according to Paul. So did everyone else that's ever come to Jesus Christ. We're mixed with the original sacrifice until the smoke that fills the room and waffles through the Holy of Holies is filled with the smoke of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and of my sacrifice and your sacrifice. It makes a sweet-smelling savor before God, and he is able to smell the beauty of holiness and the purity of faith that is allowed for the blood and the coals to come together to become a blessing in the temple. When he sees the smoke, he sees Jesus. But you are in the smoke as well. But he sees the original sacrifice of Jesus and we become what Paul shared in Colossians 2 and 3. You are dead in your life. Now watch it now. Is hid with Christ in God. Now our faith can function. Glory to God. From the faith of the Son of God. We found the place where we can operate in the God kind of faith. Because out of that smoke has waffled into the Holy of Holies. Our sacrifice, 
the joint sacrifice. Remember Paul said, we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We are hid now in Christ, in God. Every place Christ goes in the temple, in the holy place, in the tabernacle, in the throne room of God, you accompany him. Our faith can function now because it has something and a foundation that is throne room oriented, holy of holy oriented, to operate in. We've been hid with Christ in God. We've found the place where we can work our faith. As priests, we're no longer standing outside the throne of God. We're hidden in the smoke with Jesus. This hiding with Christ has placed us in God. Now, we're talking about operating in the God kind of faith. We just found out how to get there. We found out how to go there. We found out what the mechanism was that Jesus Christ has prepared for us to be in Christ and in God at the same time and to be able to operate in the God kind of faith. My friend, here we have seen it. It has come to us now. It has come to us through the first work. It is not done exposing itself, but it has now been exposed in its first window for us to be able to see. I guess the term would be in its first open door for us to see how we would operate in the God kind of faith. We would become priests that would come through the tabernacle that would understand the plan of God in the lampstand, that would understand the development of the blood and the body, the necessity for it, that would understand that what the cross has done, it has done eternally, that would bring us to the altar of incense where our sacrifice and his sacrifice are mingled until God sees us as one with Jesus Christ. And we being now dead, become priests to life, to life, my friend, and our life, that life is hid with Christ in God. There's where our faith operates. There's how the operation of the God kind of faith becomes real. If we don't understand that, we're probably operating in the faith of the natural. If we don't recognize what we're teaching here, we're operating in a faith that is based not on faith at all, but on wants and desires and lusts and pride. I'm telling you today, there's a God kind of faith, but you must understand the process concerning how to get to where the God kind of faith is operating. I've explained that to you, but I'm not done yet, but I'm finished for now. Father, I pray that you'll bless this word in the lovely name of Jesus Christ to the hearer. Cause us to see it, explore it, expose it in our spirit so that we can become strong in the faith that is in Christ and gives us life that he has hidden us in him and it is also in God. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ who is a high priest, our Lord and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. Find him in this faith walk. Next we're going to show you how he becomes Lord and the man in the Godhead and how that influences your faith. May God richly bless you is my prayer until we speak again.